Welcome to the radio broadcast of Pineview Baptist Church, a growing community of faith in the Belfast community of Goldsboro. We are located at 3357 U.S. Highway 117 North in Goldsboro. We invite you to find out more about our congregation by visiting us at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. Join us now for our weekly message. If you would like more information about Pineview Baptist Church, we invite you to follow us on social media. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. There, you will find information about our service times, upcoming events, directions to our church, and videos of our Sunday services. This morning, we are going to start a new uh, sermon series in the book of Psalms and uh, Summer in the Psalms. And so uh, last week, I, I asked Pastor West, I said, well, why the Psalms? And uh, he, he really couldn't tell me why, but uh, he just said that he always wanted to kind of preach through the Psalms. And so we see that uh, from First Timothy, that all Scripture is given by God for, for doctrine and for reproof and for correction, and so that we may be instructed in the way of righteousness. And so, basically, why not the Psalms? Uh, they, uh, most of them are written by uh, David, and uh, any time that we read the Scriptures, we need to ask the question, how do they point us towards Jesus? Because he said that the Scriptures tell of him. And so, well, where do we start? Well, we start at the beginning. Today we're going to look at Psalms uh, 1, and uh, in your pew Bibles, it's on page uh, 354, and uh, today we're going to look at Psalms 1, and next week Pastor West is going to preach, but he's probably not going to preach on Psalm 2, so it's not going to be in chronological order, um, because there's 150 of them. So we're going to kind of pick and choose uh, which ones we want to listen to and preach about. But uh, today, let's let's look at Psalm 1. And before we do, let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer again to just ask to remove distractions and to help us to learn from his word. Will you pray with me? Oh, dear Lord, come and teach us. Your servants are listening. Teach us about your son. Lord, we thank you that you have given us your written word that tells of redemption through your son, Jesus Christ. It is the thread that is woven throughout your word from Genesis to Revelation. So help us. Help me to preach. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Verse 4, the ungodly are not so, but they are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, 
nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. One of the first things that we see in the uh, in verse 1, is actually the way of the righteous. And uh, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. And then we see three sets of three in verse 1. It says three things that the righteous don't do. Three sets of three talk about the blessed man. And the first psalm kind of contrast the way of the righteous and the wicked. And so the psalmist starts out by describing the way of the righteous man. Blessed is the man. Well, what does it mean to be blessed? Well, usually it can mean happy. If one is blessed, one is happy. Uh, but the Hebrew word is actually esher, and it means to be straight. The straight path is the shortest distance between places. Now, going to Michigan, it's not always wise to go to Washington, D.C., and then to Delaware, and then across, you know, there's one straight path. And if you travel the straight path, you are wise. You become happy. Um, you don't have to travel extra. And uh, he knows where he's going. He knows the best path. But we also see that the psalmist says in Psalm 32, verse 1, another definition of the blessed one. It says, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is forgiven. Blessed is the man whom the Lord counts no iniquity and whose spirit there is no deceit. So if you have your sins forgiven, you are blessed more than all the riches you could ever imagine. Amen? Well, back to the three sets of three that we see here in Psalm 1. We see the blessed man does not walk, he does not stand, nor sit. This is the first set of three with the wicked or sinners, or scoffers. This is the, the second set of three. And the other three are counsel, way, and seat. So the righteous does not walk. He does not follow the counsel of the wicked. He doesn't follow the ways of the world. And he doesn't stand in the way of sinners. And he certainly doesn't sit with scoffers. Well, why does the psalmist say that the, the righteous man doesn't stand in the way of sinners. Well, wouldn't this be a, a good thing to keep someone from sinning? Well, the, the word to stand can be used in a, a wide variety of applications, like what do you stand for? It can mean to be erect or to be upright. To remain standing in the place where there's sin going on is like being a pillar in the room. Well, I'm, I'm just standing here. I'm, I'm just watching and I'm not actually sinning. Um, I'm just watching. You know, it's kind of like saying, well, I, I smoked marijuana, but I didn't inhale. Um, it, 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 if you're standing with sinners, it doesn't take long before you're sitting at the table with them. 
Well, let me give you an example as a, as a person, as a young person. Maybe, maybe you're, you're in your 20s and maybe you're a Christian and um, you want to go out on the town. Um, you want to go meet some people. So you, so you go to a bar. Well, maybe you just want to um, meet some new people. So you go into a bar, but there becomes a progression from walking into a bar to maybe you're just uh, standing around looking, and then you sit down at the bar. And so there's this progression, and maybe it's just one drink and one beer. One beer leads to another beer and another and then another, and nothing good happens. And it's just good to avoid the temptation altogether. Well, what's the contrast from walking to sitting to standing? Well, it's actually in Verse 2, which is our second subpoint. And Pastor West talked about this in verse 2. It says, His delight is in the law of the Lord. The blessed man delights in God's law. Well, who delights in God's law? Lawyers or police officers or, you know, uh, what do you think of in your 21st century minds when you hear the word law? Well, I remember growing up hearing a repetitive song that I fought the law and the law won. And uh, I remember um, I had to go and pay a speeding ticket in a, in a city that I wasn't familiar with. And coming out after paying the, city, uh, paying the speeding ticket, I got a parking ticket. <laughs> The law won. It, it just, if you don't like someone, you say that you're going to call the law on them. And law usually has kind of a, a negative connotation, uh, like, a, like a list of rules. Because if you break the law, there are consequences. But the, the psalmist says that the righteous man is blessed when he delights in the law of the Lord. The law in Hebrew is that word Torah. And uh, instead of the law, it could be translated as instructions or precepts. So we see the contrast here between walking, standing, and sitting to actually delighting. And how, how does one delight in the Lord? Well, his delight, his satisfaction is in the, the law, the word of God, the precepts, the instructions of God. Instead of just walking, standing, or sitting, he meditates on God's word day and night. Because uh, according to verse 3, it says that he that does focus, he that does live, he that meditates on God's word is a man who is firmly planted by streams of water. And uh, the major prophet Jeremiah, he almost plagiarizes the psalmist in Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. It says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will it cease from yielding fruit. Well, here's the picture from Jesus. In the New Testament, Jesus told the woman at the well that he is living 
water, that whoever drinks of the water that Jesus gives will never be thirsty again. And last week we saw uh, Pastor West preaching from the book of Revelation where it speaks of the dwelling place of God will be with man. And in the, in chapter 22 of Revelation, we see the river of the water of life flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And there will be no longer any more sin, no more decay, nothing will be cursed. And we will see the face of Jesus. And I can't wait for that because it also says that his name will be on our foreheads and night will be no more. God will be our light and he will reign forever and ever. Amen. Our delight must be in the word of God. It must be in Jesus himself. John 1.1 will say that he is the word of God. And when we meditate, when we delight in Jesus, we will be firmly planted. But we see that there's the way of the righteous. We also see a shift to the way of the wicked. Verse 4 says the ungodly are not so but they are like chaff which the wind drives away. Now, sometimes here in North Carolina, we have hurricanes or tropical storms and we see great trees fall. And uh, primarily it's because here in North Carolina, we're built on sand, clay, and gravel. And those things won't allow the trees to deeply, solidly root themselves. And we must be rooted on the solid Christ. We must be rooted on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Or else we too may fall. And uh, Jesus said that in the seed of the sower, that some seed fell among the path, and some fell among even rocky places, and some among thorns, but on uh, some on good soil. And if the seed that fell on rocky ground, it says that when they had, uh, they didn't have much soil. And so when the, the sun rose, they were scorched and immediately they sprang up since that they, they had um, tribulation and persecution arose and they fell away. We must delight in the law of the Lord because when we delight in the law of the Lord, uh, you will neither wither or fail, you will prosper. Now, does this mean that if you're a Christian and you go into business that you'll never fail? Well, of course not. But when we seek the Lord, he will answer. He will provide in due season. The Bible says that the Lord your God is the one who gives you power to make, to get wealth. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for money? No, for every good deed. God blesses you so that you can bless others. Now even Paul, Paul asked the question in Romans 8.35, Who or what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation Distress, persecution, I'll add, what about cancer? What about job loss? What about marital unfaithfulness? In all things, 
We are more than conquerors through him who loved us because not even death can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. But the wicked will not stand in the judgment. Verse five. Well, what does that mean? William MacDonald in his commentary says that we know that the wicked will appear before God at the great white throne judgment, but they will have no defense. They won't have a leg to stand on, so to speak. They will be excluded from the congregation of those who are saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So not only do we see the way of the righteous, and we also see the way of the wicked. But we see that the Lord knows the way of both. Verse 6, and here we have the promise. The Lord knows the way of the righteous. He will watch over us, but the way of the wicked will perish. Now, they will fail. They will fall. And we may not see it in our lifetime, but What does it say? It says the ungodly are not so. They are like chaff, which the wind drives away. They will perish. But Jesus Christ said that he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And no one can come to the Father except through him. Well, some final thoughts of application. Avoid thinking that satisfaction comes from just stuff. The world says that he who dies with the most toys wins, but he's still dead and he still has to pay taxes. True happiness, true fulfillment can only come from God. He is the giver of every good and perfect gift. Also, stay clear of the lifestyle of the ungodly. I feel like I'm preaching to the choir here, but 1 Peter 4.4 says that people will be surprised that you do not join them in reckless, wild living. Oh, you're one of those Christians. You're called to live for God's holiness. You are called to live for His glory. Not in drunkenness, not in lust, not in carousing, not in idolatry. Permissiveness outside of marriage is wrong and it will never bring true happiness. Someone might now might even be thinking that it's okay to, to cheat on your spouse or to go to a, go to a specific website or, or whatever. And sin may be enjoyable for a season but it will just leave you empty and miserable. And God knows which way is best. And he's given us his instructions to follow. Don't walk, don't stand, don't sit in the ways of the ungodly. Also, avoid the sin of others. You are called to be different. You're called to be holy because God is holy and he gives us the Holy Spirit. And the power to even flee from sin. And if you sin, confess it. Turn from your wickedness. Live a life worthy of your calling as a believer. And it's all right to call sin, sin. William MacDonald also would say that the happy man is a real friend to the ungodly. But he is no partner with him. A person's destiny is not determined 
by how he lives. One is righteous if he is born again in Jesus Christ. The righteous person has confessed Jesus as Lord and has repented of his sins. And it's always been repent and believe. And a changed life is a proof of salvation. No matter how rich, no matter how powerful the wicked become, they will all be the same. They will be like chaff. But as redeemed people, we can know that our sins are forgiven and that we have eternal life. Have you come to the place in your life where you're walking? Who are you seeking counsel from? Are you seeking counsel from the ungodly? Or are you seeking counsel, godly counsel? For the Bible says that there is an abundance of counselors. There is safety. And there's wisdom in seeking godly counsel. And it's even okay to ask for a second opinion. But seeking wisdom from the world, from horoscopes, from uh, witchcraft, it's, it's idolatry. So we, as Christians, we need to be careful what we listen to. We need to be careful what we watch. Jesus even said in Mark 4.24 to be careful what you listen to. Are you walking in the counsel of the ungodly? Are you sinning? If you are, repent and seek God in his righteousness. Maybe you're just standing around. You're waiting to see what's going to happen. If so, I would encourage you to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, for even for the joy set before him, endured the cross. What is your cross? What is your cross that you need to bear? Jesus said that if anyone were to come after me, he would deny himself and take his cross daily and to follow me. Where are your thoughts? Are you judgmental? Do you have sinful thoughts? Stop being in rebellion to God. Confess Him. Be rooted in the things of God and have confidence that God is who He says He is and delight in God. Put your delight in the Lord. Read His Word. Recite His Word. Pray His Word. Sing His Word. Live His Word. Not just once. Not just once, but over and over and over again until it changes your mind. What's the biggest difference? between saints and sinners. Well, saints were and are sinners who have asked for forgiveness. And the Lord knows the ways of the righteous. Do you know his ways? I trust that you do. I pray that you will let him be ultimately involved in your every aspect of life. For he cares for you. And the word says that if we call upon the name of the Lord, we will be saved. Will you pray with me? Oh, dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, again, teach us by your Holy Spirit. Come now, convict us of our sin. Help us not to walk in the ways of the ungodly, or to stand, or to even sit with those that mock God. 
But Father, help us to delight in you. God, give us this delight. For your ways are perfect. They even convert the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And the statues of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. O Lord, rejoice our heart today. If someone doesn't know you, may today be the day of faith and salvation. And Father, renew our hearts. Help revive these old bones of yours. Lord, may we seek you more than gold, more than silver. For you are worth so much more. Thank you that you have given your son on the cross. That whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, stir us, Lord. Stir us again to either repentance or regeneration. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. If you would like more information about Pineview Baptist Church, we invite you to follow us on social media. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. There you will find information about our service times, upcoming events, directions to our church, and videos of our Sunday services.